Welcome to the 28th episode of the Triple Takeover Toycast, a fortnightly podcast all about Transformers and other related vintage toy lines, something that we can now confidently say with a mask episode in the bag, but it won't be the last. My name is Sixo, but more on that later, as with me as ever are my two rather irresistible co-hosts. First up, it's the man to go to if ever you've got a spy changer that needs a good seeing to. Aye, there's the rub. It's Maz from Transformers Square One. <laughs> Shaking my head. I'm sure you are, mate. I'm sure you are. And rubbing a spy changer, probably. <laughs> You'd know because his head would be below the screen. <laughs> oh, that's true, actually. Yeah, I can still see your head. So. Next, we have one of the more chilled and relaxed toy collectors out there, at least until you ask him his opinions about the Transformers scale chart. And then you might see why he sometimes calls himself Incapable Hulk. It's Liam from Toybox Soapbox. That's me, like the Scrappy-Doo punching the scale chart. <laughs> right, exactly. I was quite surprised by the uh, the strength of your opinions on, on the old scale chart there. It was something to witness. It's bad times. Don't believe the hype. <laughs> Together we are Triple Takeover. And if you've sat through the previous 27 episodes wondering if you've missed a few references in that intro, it might be because they're not so subtly placed nods to our exclusive Patreon content. Yes, as well as a range of other perks, we produce fortnightly minisodes on loads of more in-depth topics. There are currently 18 of these available, so be sure to get in on the full conversation by heading on over to patreon.com forward slash triple takeover. As for today, this being a regular episode, we're delighted to introduce our regular sponsors, both of which we'll talk more about in the middle of the show. Firstly, we have the one and only tfsource.com, who are your source for all your Transformers and third-party needs. Then we have a UK retailer named gearforgeeks.co.uk, who specialise in Transformers, Lego, Star Wars, G.I. Joe, Masters of the Universe, and much more, including a sizable pre-owned section. So thanks to both of them, and we'll be having a closer look in just a bit. So with all that said, what shaking, lads? That was brilliant. I enjoyed that. Oh, thanks. That sounded professional. Yeah. Is that what a year does? I think that's what a year does. I think that is literally a year of, of churning on this kind of stuff and just kind of getting used to it, maybe. I think it's also a year of us editing those normally quite minefield-like intros and be like, how about we just get it out in one go? <laughs> <Indeed>. <laughs> Slap it out, lads. There we go. Yes, there we go. Yeah, indeed. I think you're probably right. So I think I do recall some of the early episodes where we were like half hour in and we're like, should we wrap up the intro then? <laughs> yeah, that was when you were doing all the editing and we were like, yeah, we've got loads to say. What's editing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not yeah. stop. Let's just keep going forever. <laughs> I know. Yeah, the amount of footage that just sort of ended up on the cutting room floor, just like, oh, here's another half hour of chat and we'll just uh, get rid of that. It's a bit more down to business now, isn't it? I mean, that is what happened to the Omnibots. <laughs> that is true, yes. Entire segments, gone. Yeah. Entire topics. Yeah. Matters Indeed. hatred with blue, blue streak, all dead. Hey, now that was one I took uh, quite a bit of uh, offence to. That's like one of my absolute favourite topics. When did that happen? I think it was just because it was like, no, we we need a special whole episode on that would be fine. But no, Omnibots, I can get on with the banter, but blue, blue streak is like, that's fundamentally the centre of my interest in this hobby is stuff like that. So that's just, that doesn't fly, man. Sorry. That's, that's where you draw the line. No, blue, yeah. blue streak yeah, just you, as here. You, you've you've yeah, pressed yeah. his button there, I think. <laughs> yeah, Liam. That's, that's not okay. And that's the end of Triple Takeover. And that's <laughs> yeah. a podcast forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And anyone wow. ever tell you not to rub a spy changer that way? <laughs> Ooh. Waiting for the little Orbot logo to appear on your forehead. <laughs> I think all that rubbing, honestly, that was that was the peak for me. I just can't see that we're going to do another recording anytime soon that's going to top that. Just an entire evening of watching you rub toys was just surprisingly entertaining. I don't know. 
Yeah, and the thing is, I, I, I spent most of that going on. Oh, it's not working. It's not working. But I, I continued. Yeah, you did. Perseverance, absolutely. I love that we got to see you discover something live. Like, it was so funny, like oh. you were convinced it was a trick. Yeah. <laughs> it was magic. The only explanation for it. Indeed. Well, you know, people will have to tune in behind the old paywall, wouldn't they, if they want to give that one a listen, So, which I would heartily recommend. There were so many good ones of those. Well, exactly. And it's like, there's 18 of those now, and they regularly approach an hour. It's like, there's so much content there. And yeah. uh, to access that is going to cost you £10 a month. And... It's no surprise that when we do announce a mini-sode, we do get an influx of six hours butlers every time we put one out. His house is so clean as a result. Oh, man. <laughs> I wish. Honestly, we're starting to pack up ready for moving at the moment, and it is carnage. I can't even tell you. So we should be moving in about maybe two months at this point. So fingers crossed. And uh, we've, we've definitely, it has begun. So the old collection is being packed up. Uh, so all the vinyl tech is in storage now. And uh, for one thing, and all the alternative and that kind of stuff. Last in, uh, first out. Yeah, exactly. That's the rule. That's the rule. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, what can I say? It's a sobering experience. Not what I'm enjoying necessarily, but I've got to write some articles about it, man. Something cathartic, I think. I did. When I moved my collection, packed it I up, remember. I felt that there was so many emotions and discoveries and things like that. It, it has to be shared, really. And it's going to be a different experience for you than it was for me because, you know, I, I had a few toy lines. You've got all of Transformers. So <laughs> basically be what would happen if Hasbro moved factories. So actually it would be great <laughs> to hear. the TF wiki behind you. The M1. I have no idea where this idea has come from. Honestly, this whole kind of discourse about me owning all of Transformers. I don't know where that's them. come from. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can see plenty of toys behind you. Not an episode go. Yeah, but that's the only place you can see me. You pan my camera, you see a door. You pan your camera, you see a conveyor belt of new toys being produced. <laughs> see a hallway. <laughs> and yeah. A wing. No. <laughs> Customers. You're, silly. You're being silly now. <laughs> Very silly. No, it's not that bad, but it is uh, it is quite a sobering prospect to pack it all up, ready for moving. I mean, so. if he connected all the MicroMaster ramps he has, he could probably just walk to his new home. That's all <laughs> he has to do, just attach one to the other, and it's just a new pathway. Little butlers just going there with little trays yeah. with pretender hats on. <laughs> That's maybe fair. I'll give you that, I have to say. I do have a lot of MicroMaster ramps. Do you remember those old Diaclone adverts where you just got a convoy of, like, Optimus Prime's just going down the road. <laughs> Sixo's collection moving with his own collection, actually driving the rest of it along. Yeah, it's oversized stuff. Yeah. I wish. I would love to see that. Honestly, that would make it so much easier. I'd love to be in a car as those are all going past and someone putting one of the MT10s going, that looks like a shoe. <laughs> it looks like some shoes I bought. <laughs> Isn't it Scramble City where Metroplex in like vehicle mode just comes over the crest behind the hill? That, that's his that's collection the down the M5. That's a lovely idea. No, the, the reality is quite different, sadly. We're at the stage of uh, my wife questioning how much bubble wrap I'm using and things like that. So oh, apparently, yeah. apparently, apparently I'm being a little bit liberal with the old bubble wrap. And uh, so, yeah, that's... that's, uh, that's well, the every kind of pretender hat needs protecting. Well, that's, that's what I say, you know, that's my point. So, unless, Are you individually you know, wrapping every aerial bot gun too? Extra padding for the heads though, mate. Indeed, extra padding. Oh, yeah, I've got to watch out for those heads. They've got like an, in, you know, each aerial bot is just in like a massive cardboard box just in the centre of a pile <laughs> of cardboard just to keep them all right. I imagine you're more to help and you're just like, not that box, you stay away from the aerial bot box. <laughs> Exactly. I talking about aerial bots and all that. I'm actually more worried about like the old G2 slingshot and all of that. 
you know, clubber. There's a lot oh, of gold yeah. plastic stuff that I'm yeah. just. They go in the car with you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think they, they ride might have in to. your lap. Uh, I'm, I'm dreading it. Children. Either that, or uh, I've got relatives nearby to to where I'm living. I might have to deposit one or two bits early doors, I think, and just get them stashed away. You know, like Black Zarek and things like that. I think. Uh, yeah, this is this is the start of those stories I've heard many times where you deposit rare toys with family and then you find out they had visitors and they had kids and the kids wanted to play with something and out comes the big black scorpion robot can you imagine imagine? yes i can because i have many stories where this has actually happened (laughs) do you not remember the dino cassette stories (laughs) i remember the dino cassettes i suppose that is worse than black zarek to be fair so also uh, a mini sewed yeah yeah there we go yeah, just in case anybody's wondering what that's all about. It's a bit of a theme emerging tonight. Also, don't you love how we said that we would fill the intro talking about the previous episodes and have just absolutely miserably failed to do that again? That's Previous fine. mini-sodes, though. This is okay, sort of, fair we're getting there. It's a small step. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So we're here to talk today about yellowing, which is a very kind of weird topic to introduce, but there it is. Uh, and this is really because, I mean, it, it's obviously typically associated with old toys, so I'm We'll get into all of that shortly, I've no doubt. But uh, it's really kind of come about because it's been seen very clearly on a lot of new toys of late, hasn't it? It's uh, something that we've witnessed on various uh, Generations examples, Studio Series, some Cyberverse. Uh, and I'm sure we all know the examples I'm talking about, don't we? You've all seen Absolutely, that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Not, not good, is it? Let's be fair. It's not, uh, not a good sign for new toys. No, because at the bare minimum, when you buy a toy, there's you expect certain things, and one of them is for it to not yellow straight away or discolor out of the box. You know, there's, it's like a, a minimum standard, isn't it? Yeah, one of the worst things about discoloration is the feeling that you don't have any control over it yeah. beyond just keeping it out of a sunbed. Yeah. But in the case of that Studio Series Ratchet that you were showing from the Bumblebee movie, I mean, that was... How long have you owned that toy? I think it came like that out of the box, but I only noticed it two weeks later. because all the photos I took were quite dark. <laughs> it was only when I was looking back at one, I was like, I think it's come like that. But even if it didn't, it was two weeks from when it was opened. And That's mad. Yeah. And it's not, it's not just a one-off either, is it? Like plenty of other people have seen the yeah. same thing. Yeah, different parts. And it's... It's widespread, though, over so many toys, and it's not just, like, this year. It's going back a couple of years. Because I remember one of the first ones where it really came up was the uh, the Netflix Soundwave and the Siege Soundwave. They've got this – there's this certain type of plastic. I think that's what it is that they've been using because you can always tell it's that kind of plastic. It's like a softer, grainier kind of plastic. I know the type you mean. Often used on, like, thighs and stuff like that, isn't it? Yeah. Or sort of, yeah. So Ratchet's a case. So there's there's Soundwave. There's a, quite a few Cyberverse toys. So it's quite a new one. Uh, see, Jetfire is another one. Where it's RC. Cyberverse RC, RC was the one I saw recently. Oh, man. Case. Yeah. That was tragic, actually. That was one of the worst I've seen yeah. uh, by by some mile. I mean, there have been some really bad examples. I tweeted a few uh, of various pics that people had sort of, you know, sent and that. I just kind of collated a few and retweeted them uh, just because it was like, ugh. Yeah, you know, this is kind of obviously a thing. But that Cyberverse RC was the one that I really it, – it looked like it had been dunked in coffee. It's a toy that's still on shelves as well. That's the thing about it. It's not like it's a toy that came out 10, 15, 20 years ago. It's a brand new toy. Well, that's the thing. Do you um do you remember when Liam mentioned that his masterpiece Prowl was starting to yellow? And we were actually quite shocked at that. And we're thinking, no, that's, that's a relatively recent toy because mm. we associate yellowing mm. with being on vintage toys, 20-year-old toys, things of car robots era and earlier, not 
like you said, stuff that's on, available on the shelves now, or even yeah. up to a few months ago, I wouldn't have believed it of Masterpiece that's been well looked after by a collector. Well, Masterpiece is, uh, I mean, that's that's over 10. Is it over 10? No, just under 10 years old. That's yeah, Proud is 9. 13, 2014 yeah. for Proud. I was going to say nine years, nine years old, eight years. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, that's still not acceptable, I don't think. That's still not in the realm of what I would say. Oh man, ten years. You know, I know I know we do this all the time, but ten years ago when Masterpiece Prowl came out, I started collecting vintage transformers again in nineteen ninety-eight, and I felt like it had been a lifetime and I was doing mm. something that a child should be interested in. Nineteen ninety-eight. Ten years before that, Poxy Power Masters were on the shelves. That's unbelievable. Ten years has gone in a blink of an eye when we were all chasing after Masterpiece Prowl. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Back to You're the right. present. Don't I do often, this to yourself, mate. I often have that when I'm writing articles and stuff, as you can imagine, because I'm often referring back to masterpiece toys from well around that time. Do you know what I mean? 2011, 2012, whatever. And very often I'm like, oh, okay, so that's been over ten years then, and I'm just like, how did that happen? How did, yeah. where, what? Your, your, yeah, your prowl yellowed. I've had the same thing on yeah. Star Saber, funnily enough. Yeah. Yeah, when I I saw my Star Saber recently, and one of the things the person who was buying it, one of the buyers wanted to know was, has it yellowed? So I had to look at it really closely, but and sometimes it looks like it has. Well, fortunately, mm. it hadn't. It's just the way that it catches the light sometimes. With, and that's another thing with white plastic, isn't it? When you look at it sometimes, it can look yellow, but it's not. It's just the tint of your light as well. Yeah, and people's photographs online don't do it any favors. Yeah. I mean, God Magnus isn't even brilliant white, but... I yeah. didn't realize that they used this sort of off-white plastic as standard. I can't imagine why they wanted to color him that shade, but that creates issues as well. All of them looked yellowed. You were mentioning my experience with Henke Skyfire recently. In the end, they all just looked yellowed, and I thought I'll just take a chance on a well-priced one that's that's probably never been out of the box, and it's perfect. But it's only when they go into the light tent that you can't deny um, what you're seeing. But with some toys, you you have to put it next to another example before you can yes. tell it's yellowed. Yeah. Particularly particularly clear toys, I think, actually, that's true. Yeah, like, that's there's, it. There's, yeah. Like, brilliant white toys, you can normally say, you know, it's not brilliant white. But when it's clear plastic, like clear see-through plastic, you can kind of convince yourself it's okay. But until you see it next to another specimen, then you might be like, hmm. unless they've gone like a little bit green or yeah. whatever. You suddenly yeah. remember it being smoky when it wasn't. Right. <laughs> I think um, we should also probably talk about why it's uh, undesirable because there's this crossing over of back in maybe the late 90s or early 2000s, yellow toys. I don't think it was a massive issue because, yeah, Jetfires had yellowed, but there were so many white ones still around right. that you just thought, oh, you know, I'll buy a white Jetfire, but I'm okay with a yellowed one because you still had nostalgia and think, yeah, but I've got a Jetfire. You know, it wasn't such a massive deal and it was quite easy to avoid you didn't have to spend ages waiting for the one that hasn't discolored and i remember getting toys from friends to sell for them back in the 90s and early 2000s and they are toys that today you would bust your chops to find non-discolored versions but there were slug slingers there were uh omnibot downshifts and things like that that are almost always yellow today but there were, i had i look back at my photos and think a, I did have this toy in the past. I thought I'd never had it. And B, look how mint white that is. Mm. But they were more around. And today, I think because there are so many people who do photos of toys and we have social media for this hobby and people show off extremely pretty collections and beautiful toys, it's almost more undesirable to have yellow toys today 
because of the natural comparison to other people's collections and this sense of achievement if you find a really nice one has become more of a thing nowadays i know i'm affected by it as well like i don't think i could you know spend the money that toys cost today and then be okay with a discolored version i really want a victory leo but almost every single one i see has yellowed sections you think to yourself well what does a perfect one cost I'm now over 40. How many more years am I going to collect? Am I going to let this stop me ever experiencing this toy? So it does become a little bit of a conflict in my collecting. So I understand why this has just become so much more widespread issue and why it's so much more unforgivable that toys which are brand new off the shelf are like that. Yeah. Mm. I've, I've always said, I think since we started the podcast, my, the one thing I really can't abide is yellowing it's the one thing that stresses me out about toys the only thing literally anything is knowing it could turn yellow because when you see it, you're like ah oh. because it's it's changed from what you what you wanted is that the thing that bothers you the most about it it no longer looks like the toy you bought yeah it i don't know it's not that it feels dirty that's the wrong word as such but it it sometimes like it feels like it's decaying if that makes the right sense it hmm. it suddenly looks wrong it's, and there's also that thing doesn't it it sort of feels like it's been even though i don't smoke and i never don't go around to it i automatically connect stuff to like that yellowing to cigarette smoke and stuff like that mm. it's kind of so there's a, this kind of feel into it the thing like with the new toys i think what's so bad about it is how widespread it is on so brand new toys like old toys i can understand it age is a, a different thing to it coming like this and i've seen there's been quite a few people have said haven't they that they you know it could be a batch and it's a good idea they're like oh it's just a bad batch but when you look at when yeah, you saw those threads, how many toys it spread across and how many different parts you're like is it a bad batch for every single one of these toys and it, yeah and, and how many years as well because i'm not talking yeah. about decades but certainly at least a couple maybe three years or something that this has been going on you know you're not it's not just toys that are out now like new it is but it's also mm -hmm you know toys from a year or two ago as well so siege, which is like uh, two or three years ago right that's what i mean exactly but there's like with siege um, megatron is one that's quite that's, uh, susceptible that's to it, really, isn't it yeah and it's always specifically or not specifically but it's most often that kind of plastic is yeah. you see the sections it is because it's the same with soundwave the bits that have yellowed are the parts that are made from that similar softer plastic and you see it again like even with um what's his name uh, it's not Siege Starscream, SG Starscream from the Siege mold. That's a really new toy. And that's coming out of the box with panels, isn't it? Oh, oh the, sh no. the shattered glass one. Yeah, yeah. That, that looks terrible. Yeah. I've seen, uh, I mean, the, the toy itself looks, you know, I really love the colour yeah. scheme and everything, but the yellowing that I've seen on it is is horrendous, honestly. Yeah. I mean, not as bad as that Cyberverse RC, but, um, but pretty bad. But yeah, yeah it, it can't just be a bad batch if it's over no. several years worth of production. That's not that's not like yeah. whoops, do you know what I mean? We accidentally fluffed making this particular vat of plastic or whatever. It's it's uh, you know, they've obviously changed something about the type of plastic they're using yeah. uh, or whatever it might be and it, maybe they haven't realized it, but it feels like enough people are shouting about it on social media now and you know, to be fair to Hasbro, there's every reason to believe that they're aware of a lot of this stuff i mean certainly there are uh you know i'm aware of various designers things like that at hasbro that have a good presence on social media i, I can only like john warden right former yeah, yeah. big yeah. dude well, at hasbro replying to you recently so it's so fun boy john warden they do follow you <laughs> yeah, and they do follow yeah. us and you know i was just a bits about that that was lovely that was, was really really, cool. really nice that was very a very cool it was one of those moments where you just kind of I don't know. It was first thing in the morning for me. It was like six thirty. I was at um, in my, my aunt's house and uh, staying over, and uh, just 
don't know, just a really lovely moment just kind of, you know, makes it all worthwhile somehow. But uh, It's the one but, where you, you call your mum and say, mum, I've made it. Yeah. <laughs> I did tell my mum about it, actually. I did say, oh, yeah, look, look, look at this comment. Do you know what I mean? She's like, yeah, who, who is that? And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> let me explain. But she still it was cool. But uh, anyway, yeah, but so I, I don't know if it's, I'm sure they do care. I would never want to portray it that they don't. But maybe it's just a question of they've got some changes to make or something. If they're designers, they want to see what they've designed and worked on being enjoyed right. and exactly. being appreciated. They are probably horrified. I'm sure they are. I've no doubt. They must be. So I'm assuming that these things, you know, maybe it takes a little while to change or whatever. Maybe we'll start to see it fading out. I would hope so. Undoubtedly, it takes a while because if you think about when these toys would have been designed, when they would have booked factory time, uh, and the materials selected for them. And that, that lead time can't be short. So who knows how many batches we're going to see this across and how many toys until something has changed in their selection of materials or the conditions in which they're stored, transported, created, all of that kind of stuff. I heard someone saying it was to do with the nylon uh, It's that kind of plastic. And so my theory is I assume they've just, they've changed the plastic mix a couple of years ago. And yeah. they've just obviously not had like really long-term sort of tests on it because over years and years because you never saw this before do you like how often do you remember toys come in yellow before this started happening like i can't think of any no. i mean there's probably one instance somewhere of this but i, I can't think of anything like this not that quickly no uh -huh. i would think just some reissues from the early 2000s era hmm. which but even the bad, but even yeah. the bad batch thing I, I don't recall many or any instances of people going off i've got a bad batch it's toy from a bad batch and it's yellow already. That's what no, I mean. It was never yellowing. It, it was QC issues like yeah. breaking mm. joints and stuff like stress marks, that kind of thing. It was not, I don't remember discoloration being one of those. I remember when my Masterpiece Star Saber started to turn. And and again, it's only, it's only faint. Like it's very, very faint. Like honestly, you could look at it and think it was fine, but it's only because I've had it since it was new. Like if I sold it on, I'm sure somebody would be happy with it. But because I've had it since I was new and I look at it and I'm like, initially it was like, is that going? And now it's like, yeah, no, it, it pretty conclusively mildly has turned. It's not bone white anymore. And I remember when that started, I was really shocked because I was like, wow, this is not a an old toy by any means. It's, you know, not even a decade old. And uh, that struck me as a real surprise. So the fact that now we're talking about toys that are actually still at retail, that's unprecedented in my opinion. Yeah, I've never seen it before. And for the longest time, yellowing was associated with the way in which the toy is treated and stored, what's happened to it throughout its lifetime. So you would think that as collectors, when toys come into our possession, we're able to look after them in a way that ensures that nothing like that ever happens. Yeah. Especially when you buy reissues or new product, collector-aimed product, you just think, well, this is never a problem that we will have to face now. If only we had been more careful with our vintage toys. But as you can see, that's very little to do with it i think that's the bit that gets me and like you know just going back to what liam was saying I, i'm in complete agreement like you you took the words out of my brain because it's the one thing actually more than uh i can cope with gold plastic actually i can cope with clear plastic going after a while or whatever that's fine none of that really bothers me like obviously i wish it wasn't a thing but it is so fine yellowing is the one that just drives me crazy like i actually kind of not live in fear of it, but it just really, really um, depresses me more than anything. Yeah. Like if a toy goes, I actually find it quite sad in a way that like if I break something, 
I'm a bit kind of like, eh, okay, I broke it. Do you, you know never look that? at it in the same way you did with the same kind of love. Yeah. You look at it and it's always, is a tinge of disappointment that even if you're there okay is. with it, it's always like, oh, it's not. Uh, 100%. I was like that. I mean, I hate to keep using the same example, but I was a bit like that with Star Saber. I remember legitimately just holding it and just like popping him back on the shelf and just being like, huh, okay. And it was just this real yeah. feeling of sadness almost of like, okay, well, the, the sheen's gone off that a bit then. But do I think, think it's because we're photographers uh, and that's what we do and how we enjoy our hobby. That's a big part of it for me, yes, I will say, in that, you know, as you alluded to, you you want to have your photos looking as pristine as possible. I specifically go after a, a kind of, you know, a, a point of um, quality or, or condition, would probably be the better word, condition, that, that, you know, such aids the photographs looking as nice as possible, particularly with vintage stuff. So I don't buy yellowed toys. I just never do. And yeah. one thing I'm fastidious about, on the aftermarket is making sure that I know if stuff is yellowed or not because I just won't go there. And uh, I mean, that's a thing actually that is worth mentioning because a lot of sellers, some sellers are really great with it, man. Mm-hmm. They'll send you more pictures and they'll indulge this kind of like, you know, you get sometimes that you people taking pictures on white A4 paper or something for you or things like that or under different light. Some sellers are just, they want to be bothered with it. And they're, they're almost like treat you like a bit of a, a pain in the bum, don't they, for asking those kind of questions. And I just back out at that point. I'm just like, no, nah, okay, that's fine. If you don't want to be asked, I'm not asked. <laughs> it's a risk you don't want to take, though, isn't it? Exactly. That's, that's what exactly. I find. Especially with a lot of these toys we're going for. They're, they're not cheap. We're not. It's not like we're picking up, like, five, ten-pound toys. It's expensive, so that's hard to find in the first place. So just getting yeah. it is quite a... Uh, if I have doubt, I don't do it with yellowing. Mm-hmm. If I'm like, okay, it might be yellowed, and I cannot get a... A sort of you know a guarantee i don't expect a, a, a an ironclad guarantee i accept there's always a risk but if i can't get to the point where i'm comfortable enough that you know i've got all the information i need with with a particular purchase i just won't do it it's not worth it to me because to have it turn up yellowed nah it, it just takes the sheen off the whole experience yeah i think i i do still feel that at some point collectors generally even a vintage stuff became much more intolerant of it and I wonder if that's because they'd gotten to the stage where they had more of a disposable income. So they thought, well, I can afford to have a better one. So why would I settle for this? Maybe a, there was a point in time where I remember people buying Diaclone police sunstreakers and just being like, I have one, you know, and that's all yeah, that matters. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it like, it's gone very blatantly yellow here. And that's a mix of white painted die cast and plastic. So it's the difference is not even uniform. It's really quite visible. But like the funny, the funny thing with that, of course, is that actually now, as you said, the 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 supply of this stuff is far less plentiful than it was, but more people have them. That's right. the thing. The supply is less, but yeah, there are more examples around and for you to look at and pictures and think like, well, if they all have those, yeah, why yeah, do yeah. I have to settle for this yellowed one? Yeah, so yeah. that's the thing too. The one for me is something like Master Force Go Shooter, you know, which I don't have, and I've looked at many, 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 many examples in hand and online, always yellowed. Always Minerva's the same, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, Minerva is. And, and uh, do you know, I nearly, I nearly went for a go shooter at TFM some years ago. I remember and uh, yeah, yeah, I was, I was uh, the whole weekend. I was umming and ahhing on this thing, and it got to the Sunday, and I was like, should I? Because it was other than that, it wasn't even particularly yellowed. It was mild, mild yellowing, and it was actually another mate of ours that just said, yeah, but if you're going to get a go shooter and you're going to pay go shooter money, wouldn't you want it to be perfect? 
And I was like, you're right. Absolutely right. And I was On the out. flip side, that was a very well-priced one. It was. And you were basically getting a very good deal of a ghost shooter body with a couple of repro parts, I think, that ears might have been repro. Yes, they were. Um, so you knew what you were getting, and it was just a case of whether that would be good enough. Because it looked good in the box, didn't it? Otherwise, you wouldn't keep going back to it. No, no, no. There was there was definitely something about it, and the stickers were nice, and it mm. was all, you know, in, in a way that you don't often see with that particular toy. Um, and I guess that is the is the thing, isn't it? Is what you were saying is that at some point you have to wonder if you're ever going to come across yeah. the one that you're looking for. So, I mean, I know you looked at, you know, multiple slug slingers and things over. I'm still not there. I still don't have a perfect one. Right. It's got fantastic chrome, but the wings are a little off or something like that. Same for Target Master Scourge. Yeah. So yeah, there's something about holding out for the perfect one. But there's also something to be said about getting one for your collection to experience and then upgrading. I mean, you did that with Godfire Convoy. You got one that was a little bit discolored because it's a rare toy and it's a wonderful thing to have. But then you you managed to upgrade. But yeah, it's funny true. that like you didn't photograph the one that was discolored. But as soon as you had the upgrade, that's the one you photographed. And that's a consideration for us. Yeah, I I think it did affect it, definitely, for me. There was definitely a sheen taken off with the other one. Um, So, yeah, I think it's it's everything we're saying. I think there's just that that slight lack of enjoyment that comes. In a way way that I probably – I get the upgrading thing. I'd probably rather wait, I think. Mm -hmm. Given the choice, if it's a choice, if indeed such a thing is a choice, I would rather wait and experience it fresh, mint, if that's possible. It's the first impression, isn't it? I'm just worried that you don't have enough other toys to keep you busy between <laughs> now and then. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> He's only got all of Transformers. How can, oh, you, how can he keep himself up to It's bloody deja vu tonight. Don't forget he? he's got all of Mask too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. I have one Mask. One. It's also something you can't ignore, isn't it? It's not something mm. you can like pose from a different angle and not notice it because it's always there. It's very visual. It's in your face. And it's like a constant reminder. It's not yeah. like something's broke and you've glued it back together. You know that, but for most time you can look at it and not think about it. Right. But stuff like that, yellow, and it's a it's a different beast. Yeah, definitely. And do you know, I I did a I think I did a a while back a little poll online about what do people kind of live in fear of mm. more, GPS or yellowing. And I think a lot of people said GPS actually, which I thought was weird because, in my mind, at least with GPS, you know that you know, yeah, exactly, you know the toys that have GPS, right? Like it's very clearly this toy has GPS. It's from a specific era, has gold plastic. Yes, there are a few outliers, but typically speaking, if you don't want GPS in your collection, that is very easy to avoid. You know, just don't buy a Black Zarek or don't buy a Thunderclash. It's harder to avoid toys with plastic. Well, yeah, (laughs) true. That is true. But that's, that's, that's an important point, isn't it? I think we should mention because we've, we've sort of spoke about it, but it's not just white toys, is it? This right. is the thing. It's, it is like I've had cups go green and blue is colored, trigger one, happy, yeah. would, would turn this horrible color. Yeah, yeah. yeah Nightbeats so and stuff like that. Yeah. And Thundercrackers. So it yeah. is like a specter that looms across all of your Transformers. Blue, blue streak. Like, yeah. Blue, yeah. Blue, I don't think yeah. there is any more blue, blue streaks out there. I think virtually every single green. one has green tinged doors now. It's just how they are. It's how isn't mine that, is. Isn't that the special edition green grease streak? Yeah, like that mini spy that was ten thousand dollars or whatever. <laughs> right. it is. Or that, or that gun. half gold Grimlock, which oh, is yeah. still that's still my favorite. Rare, <laughs> <laughs> rare, one of a kind. Half gold Grimlock. You're you're all absolutely right about yellowing. Um, it's an aesthetic issue for most people, and it does also pay to remember that discolored plastic is weakened plastic. 
and it's not mm-hmm. just an aesthetic thing. We mentioned this when we were talking about displays and stuff before. You you look at those toys like Thundercracker or Trigger Happy, especially sparkly blue toys like Thundercracker. If that plastic has discolored to a green, it's way more likely to shatter, and mm-hmm. they do shatter. Star screams shatter as well. The the tail fin that plugs into the to the body. You try taking one of those out on an old Star Scream, you're liable to break it. So that's mm. yeah. I do think with vintage toys, sometimes discoloration is okay. For example, I have a red alert, a vintage red alert, and the only vintage one I have, and it has discolored. But something about it, I can't explain it. I photographed that toy as a yellow toy, and I think it looks magnificent. I don't really buy into this, oh yeah, but it's a worn toy, it's been loved, it's been played with, it has a story. I don't buy into that and it's not what I'm interested in for my collection. I love that toys have stories and have been enjoyed. It's what they're for. It's what I do. I enjoy my toys. But for some reason, that red alert is gorgeous and I've never felt the need to upgrade. I have reissues, but I almost think I'm more likely to sell those reissues than to sell the vintage one. And I almost sold the vintage one to a friend a few years ago. I'm glad it didn't go through because it's just, it's a lovely thing. And it is, a lot of it is in our mind. You know, I have um, a G1 Overlord in my collection and it's both broken and discolored, but it's in my display. And I just, I think I made peace with that one really early because I never expected to pay the price for a perfect Overlord. And I'm just, I'm okay with it. It's, it's in a, it's it's in your mind a little bit. You've got to sort of overcome this thing about why that toy isn't good enough for your collection to enjoy yeah yeah right do do you think that part of that is maybe the circumstances under which you acquire things like if you get a particularly good price for it or i just there's a bit of a story there or expectation is a huge part of it you expect to spend money on a great condition toy and you get it home and it's discolored it's not what you wanted it's not what you paid for it's a killer absolutely yes i think that's a that's a huge part of it and you're probably saying that because you know my overlord came from graham and it was like I paid postage. Is, is uh, I remember you got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. For for I mean, even better than a song. I remember. It was I like, think you know. it's the, the yeah the amount of fun I've had with that thing, even though it's yellowed. It's been photographed loads and enjoyed thoroughly, uh, almost more so than a whole bunch of mint toys I own. But there isn't that saying something then. So the fact that you're able to uh, to acquire that you know incredible toy, like actually Overlord is a personal favorite of mine in terms of mm. how much fun it is. And it's a toy that actually not many people get to experience because of the typical entry price. But even for a yellow copy, it can be... I mean, I saw there was one sold, actually. There was um, a chap on Twitter selling his for for charity for Ukraine. Went for over a grand, didn't it? Went for over a grand, yeah. I was going to say, I think it was even about 1,200 or so. I threw uh, in a bid on that. Did you? Yeah, Well, just to bunk it up a bit. Help push it up and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I, I knew I'd never win it for my bid because it was just too nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, every little helps. But... But, you know, that's, I mean, that kind of entry price, I mean, it was a nice copy, but mm-hmm. that is just beyond what most people would even want to consider reasonable. And um, I don't know, just the fact that you got to experience that toy, even though it's yellowed for a, a mere fraction of the cost, surely that's mm-hmm. got to be worth it. So maybe you're right. Maybe there is, you know, circumstances under which actually, although yes, typically the standard would be higher than that, but it's okay to think, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can understand why it doesn't work for you with Ghost Shooter because you own Siren. You've experienced the toy. This is a particular deco yes. where the deco is everything. And I think it's the same with Metro Titan. I mean, you you wouldn't would, want to spend yeah. the money and get a yellowed Metro Titan. It's just no Metroplex with a Skystalker Micromaster. So yeah, if, if all you're doing nice is one. the mold, if, if it's just about the mold, 
just get the the cheaper mold right like or or go just yellowed if that's the one that you really want or whatever but you wouldn't uh yeah i don't think you would pay top dollar for like an sort of extremely rare variant of something to only get the yellowed one necessarily i wouldn't certainly um that wouldn't be my my preference so yeah you know you're right i think yeah already owning siren and knowing siren and liking siren yes i want to a mint go shooter for sure but i think when it comes to things like variations um where you know maybe the deco is the thing i still don't draw the line at discoloration for example i i own seiji variants and mexican variants which are slightly discolored just because i wonder if i'll ever get a chance to own another one today seeing what the prices are like back in the day you know maybe 2007 you'd think no i'll find a better one you know i don't need to settle for this there there will be yeah. more but i mean today if i found a, a black mexican prowl with quite discolored parts i'd still very much consider it if the price was right i think that's that's maybe different again i mean for it like it's not yellowing but you know i have that um that redfoot optimus g1 optimus and uh absolutely love that thing but you know mine the stickers are very worn and uh in parts anyway i mean generally it's in very nice condition but i mean you know that i got that for Mm. A, a very good well price. below market value well yeah below. yeah and so for me i'm happy with it because i would never actually really want to go near the the price that it goes for typically so i'm, I'm kind of like it's not the sticker condition that i would go for normally but i'm good with the compromise so maybe there there is that kind of element to it for for unusual variants of stuff that you already own for sure my jet fire is almost completely yellow but um and i would love to replace it but the reason i haven't isn't through not being able to find a white one. It's knowing how likely it is to turn yellow once I have it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always put me off. That's that's the worst thing, isn't it? Is that you could pay top dollar mm. and it's still going to bloom in yellow, particularly with Jetfire. And the fear of it is off-putting too. I, I used to own a perfectly mint, unused white Jetfire in a gorgeous box. And it was even the one with the Macross uh, sticker on the wing. It was a super nice Jetfire, the nicest I've ever seen. And I know it even had the little styro bar over the jet fire in the box had the extra small sticker sheet that comes with that specific version. It was an absolute stunning collection item, but I kept it in the dark. I kept it well protected, <laughs> surrounded by silica bags to make sure no moisture got in. And at one point you just think, is this how I'm going to enjoy this thing? <sighs> like, is this going to be the way I have to maintain this thing and never put it on display and take photographs of it other than in its box on that one time. And I just moved it on in the end. Cause I thought, I'd rather not be the one responsible for it when it yellows. And I'd also like to get some of what I paid for it back, which is really a privilege and I'm not entitled to that. But in the end, that fear forced me to move it on. It just wasn't worth it in the end to live with that sort of deal just to make sure it doesn't yellow. So sometimes even the potential of yellowing is enough to to put you off a purchase. I'm like that with sealed toys, just to say, because like I had that with a um, Snapdragon, but I had a box one still with the bubble. But the reason I hate them in the boxes, as much as I love the box stuff, is it creates a question for me that I didn't want. You know, yeah. like, should you open this? Or, ha- you know, if you've got it like that. And then that starts to bug me. It becomes like a little fear. Like, am I doing this right? Should it be like that? Should I take it out? So that's why I try to avoid mint toys because I hate having to make that choice, really. Yeah, I, I kind of I get what you mean with that. I think with me, the, the thing with buying sealed is that actually it could be yellowed as well. And I guess yeah. this is the this is the important thing to to kind of get out there also, isn't it? Which is that people think that yellowing is just about sun, don't they? And sun damage. And it's almost right. like if I can, as you were saying, Maz, if I can leave it in a dark room and all of this and away from the moisture, it'll be okay. 
but I mean, moisture is definitely a big part of it. Sun is definitely a big part temperature. of it. Temperature. Temperature is a big variance. part of it. This is you the know. killer. This is the yeah. main one, I think. And, and, and all of it is contributory. And you could get a sealed toy with it, with a windowless box, let's say, and open it and it would be entirely yellowed. And, mm. and wouldn't that be horrific to pay top dollar for some sealed, you know, 40-year-old toy or whatever, <laughs> get it home and then find out, oops, yeah, it, it's just, it doesn't really bear thinking about. And it's, to be honest, it's why, particularly with a lot of vintage stuff, it's not even so much the opening of it, it's, it's that that puts me off buying sealed specimens just because you never really know what it is that you're getting. It's really commonplace in video game consoles. This is one of the places you see it lows, like particularly with um, like Amigas and Commodore 64s and old Nintendos. Super like, Nintendos. Uh, yeah, Super Nintendos. The Sega Dreamcast, stuff like that, is you'll see people will find them sealed in the box and they'll open them and they're yellow. They've never touched sunlight, but it's wow. because they've been around, you know, places with temperature stuff like. But um, I saw someone saying he just kept it under his bed. It sealed, came out of a case, never opened, and he took it out and it was completely yellow, like really horribly yellow. So in that case, it's the temperature. But that's that's the case with a lot of things because I know people are worried about direct sunlight, but I think, well, I think it's the temperature. Yeah, we've got a mate uh, who we've mentioned on the podcast before. We shan't name him because uh, he'll he'll take far too much uh, enjoyment from that. But uh, he has... Royalties. Yeah, indeed, yeah. indeed. So uh, he's uh, he's got a living room full of Optimus Primes. And uh, I know that he had a thing with a radiator, didn't he? That's right. That, uh, that he had some some of them on the shelf nearest to the radiator, uh, I have seen them of of. Hmm. I don't, am I being unfair to say horrifically yellowed? I think they've, they've certainly they've certainly gone um, to some quite some degree, but it's, it's changed, noticeable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's noticeable once you get up that end of the shelf. Like the last two or three toys have gone yellow, whereas all of the others are fine, and it's all the ones nearest to the radiator. And it, and he said, you know, it was sort of when the display and everything was set up, it just wasn't a factor that was really kind of known or considered or, or whatever. Do you know what I mean? It was always about sunlight as far as people concerned. And this is someone, not for nothing, who uh, UV coats their windows <laughs> do you know what I mean? to avoid the sunlight yeah. getting on their, uh, you know, damaging his toys and everything so that's you know, a whole it, other aspect to it isn't it the the lengths that you have to go to and yeah. at which point it suddenly stops being an enjoyable hobby because it's actually then a maintenance exercise i don't know man I, I have never gone so far as to uv coat things but on the other hand i used to have denim covers for my detolfs uh, back right. in the uk when i only had two detolfs i had you know custom made denim covers that just would go on them and they were completely black so oh, you know, what would you just have that on most of the time? Yeah, whenever I wasn't quote unquote enjoying the collection, um, <laughs> I would protect it that way. It's like the Sorry ultimate jean jacket, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have photos. It's really cool. You know, I didn't uh, go to purchase them. My aunt just made them for me. Oh, and they were perfect. That's nice. like yeah. perfect measurements and everything. And it was just, I still have them. I I used them recently when we were reflooring the bedrooms, and I moved the the cabinets out into the hallway because we have massive windows. And you know, in in the in the summer, there, there's no darkness here. It's just daylight. So uh, I had to bust out those denim covers again, and I remembered like these are some damn good denim covers. I just imagine this world where you like wake up in the middle of the night, like half asleep, and you see them, and you think you're looking at like the BFG's back pocket in your hallway or something. It's jeans. <laughs> Mad. Yeah, because I sleep in the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> see, I, I would uh, and will certainly in the new house UV coat. Because uh, I will have a, a you know sizable window in the in the new room uh, collection room. Yes, so, but will you uh, will you temperature control the rooms? No. Uh, well, 
yes oh, was that no. a step oh. too far? Uh, no, I, no I, I wouldn't say properly like temperature temperature control. Uh, there, if there, I think there is a radiator in there. I tend to leave the radiator off anyway because I'm not someone that likes hmm. it being too warm. Um, so, What about a dehumidifier? I mean, there are so many steps you can take. Yeah. And people do this. They literally have centers. It's a good you know, it's, downstairs yeah. in the basement. I've seen collections like that. It's bad yeah. for your mental health, though, isn't it? Because you spend so much time like thinking of every angle. Then there's always one you're like, I didn't think of that. What if that caused it? And I can... think that's the thing. Like, how, how, Maybe for us. Where, where does it prepped? stop? Yeah. yeah. How but some people enjoy be? this maintenance aspect. They enjoy the fact that they are curating or... Uh, they are custodians of some of these pieces, and you know they are within UV protected AFA graded cases and yeah, in a temperature controlled environment. <laughs> no. That's not me. But some so. people are like that. I get it, and that's where their enjoyment is. It's almost like, you know, I can see why they are more okay buying sealed specimens than I am. I hate the fact that I bought an untouched G1 Shockwave, absolutely perfect, and I opened it, and it was issue laden. Because then I can't enjoy it the way I wanted to, but a sealed collector could have enjoyed it for the rest of time, the way it was. So it's almost like that's that's a better audience for it. Yeah, if you're going to leave stuff sealed, then it's fine, isn't it? Like you know, you could uh, you could get a, a boxed G1 Thunderclash sealed. It's it's got yes. no window on the box. Yep. It could have GPS. It could have yellowing. It could have whatever you want. It could be knackered. It could just be a dead cat in there for all you know, yeah. and it'd be fine. You'd be perfectly happy with it. Throwing your stomach, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. I mean, you'd be perfectly happy with it, and uh, yeah. So there is something to be said for that for sure. But then you don't get to enjoy the toys. It's, it's, it's well, not the way you and I enjoy. Our yes, toys, that's really. fair. Yeah, that's a, a very good example. Actually, I don't. Actually, I don't even know if this is a good example. It's just an example. You bought the clear Ch- Spy Changer Wars from me recently, and Wars. you knew that that was slightly discolored. What was he good but you still then? bought it because it's a pain in the butt toy to find. Yeah, and it was cheap enough that you thought, you know, for the sake of the collection, it'd be nice to have it, and it's not that bad. So. I probably wouldn't have if it wasn't you. I was. <laughs> I mean, I was probably like All right. being a bit nice as well, but. Uh... I was but, okay to keep it. You know, it no, no, I know. Nice toy. Yeah, 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 you could have given it a little, a little rub. Yeah, I don't think those ones can be rubbed. So, are you, are you sure? Have you tried? Yeah. How do you know? You know this tortures me, and you know <laughs> how to torture me, but I'm not doing it. I, I heard something actually that they do have little heat sensitive mm-hmm. sections on them. I, yeah, I heard that too. I haven't like... verified it, but someone needs to get rubbing. Mm. Rubber dub dub. That's getting cut. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, no, but you're you're right. It's a fair point, and I, you know, I have um, picked up one or two items. I mean, the, the whole conversation around uh, the the you mentioned about the Toys R Us Godfire convoy. That's a good example, isn't it, of something where you do think at some point maybe there are no perfect examples. Right. You know, yes. maybe that maybe they've all gone to some degree that it just is what it is. And it's not so much finding a completely perfect one, but finding one within the sort of realm of what you're happy with. I don't know. Mask Stiletto is a fantastic mm-hmm. example. Yeah. We saw someone, didn't we, get a mask toy. They posted it on Twitter. I can't remember who mm-hmm. it was. Someone listened to the show. 
was it spider fire? I think it was spider. Yeah, it was spider. That's, that's exactly what it was. And um, it cr- parts of it were crumbling, weren't they? Like the the mask and stuff. Oh yeah, the actual mask. Yeah. But I think the stiletto itself was super clean, wasn't it? Yeah, it I was. Know, but it wasn't it, there was another toy, wasn't there? It wasn't stiletto. He got another that's one. That's right. Was it was sealed in one. box. And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Took it, out oh, it was it, it was a bike one. Yeah, it's just the way it goes sometimes, isn't it? As I say. The Transformers will return after these messages. Okay, well, it's that time of the pod when we're going to talk about our sponsors. And first up is tfsource.com, who are your one-stop shop for all your Transformers and third-party needs. They are, I mean, I have a very good relationship with TFSource, done a lot of work with them, but they are always been very, very good with me. And they've got absolutely loads of stuff up on their site. So they do all kinds of like masterpiece generations they've got third-party stuff up there as i say Uh, i've been browsing their site a little bit uh, today and there's some really lovely stuff up on there Uh, they've got a couple of things up back up for pre-order we were talking about the old uh, unique toys provider which has come back up uh, and things like fans toys quietus as well a couple of fans hobby bits uh, and lots of X Transbots stuff up there at the moment as well so uh, i do recommend that you give them a look uh, you can add things to your stack, which is always really, uh, <laughs> really handy as well. So if you're not ready to make a purchase just yet, you can stick it in your stack for when you're ready to kind of load it all together and get it shipped in a bundle. So check them out. It's tfsource.com for all your Transformers and third-party needs. And of course, we're also sponsored by Gear for Geeks, uh, which are a UK-based website. That's gearforgeeks.co.uk. And they have Transformers. They also have a pre-owned section, which is what we focused on on the past. And this is not just pre-owned Transformers, it's pre-owned Mask. Just loads of toy lines. There's Lego there as well, and also clothing. The most amazing thing about gearforgeeks.co.uk is that you can actually find a page where you've got animated toys, robots in disguise, car robots, pre-Transformers from before the G1 Transformers had even launched. We went on at quite some length about the really small wind charger that had come out. And you'll also get test shots, so pre-production items, because the owner, Morg, you know, is actually quite a big member of the community. He's a collector who's been around a long time, knows what collectors like. So that second-hand page is definitely, you just never know what you're going to find there. We were talking recently about the amazing prices on, on uh, Robots in Disguise, Optimus Prime, and Ultra Magnus, Omega Prime, basically. You could have had it for less than, what, £75? Or if you're really into crocodiles with arse guns, or, or <laughs> Zoids, as they're otherwise known, there are you know those toy lines as well. But uh, certainly, if you're into new toys and you're not interested in buying them directly off the shelf, brand new, you can check out the used section, the pre-owned section on gearforgeeks.co.uk. Get yourself some Siege, get yourself some War for Cybertron figures or even Kingdoms, stuff that came out really super recently. Or, you know, a Throttlebot wide load. So check out gearforgeeks.co.uk. We now return to the Transformers. Okay, so before the sponsor segment, we talked a lot about kind of how yellowing makes us sad and things like that. But I think it might be interesting to explore a bit more of the kind of the the science, you know, in a kind of Jennifer Aniston type, like here comes the science type way. There's there's a vintage reference for you. Our, yep. our first uh, guest is Neil deGrasse Tyson. Welcome, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Here he comes. Uh, but yeah, I think it'd be interesting to, to talk about that side of it. So, I mean, first of all, what's your guys understanding of what actually causes yellowing uh i believe it's the uh the flame retardant in the plastic it's the bromine bromine that mm. it as it heats up with the temperature eventually over time it starts to degrade and it starts to seep out of the plastic i believe that's what then starts it as it breaks down it starts to discolor 
Yeah, that's sort of a, it's chemical degradation of ABS plastic, or the flame retardant in the yeah. ABS plastic. Yeah. Because they're designed as toys first. They're not designed to last forever. They're designed not to catch fire. <laughs> thing. Clearly nobody back in the 80s thought that we'd still be here 40 yeah. years later still going on about them, did they? That's the thing. So Nobody now was thinking it, apparently, based on the recent toys. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Uh, it's a one-week thing, then you've logged <laughs> yeah. it out, yeah. That's the thing. So presumably, though, it's something different in the new the new toys, isn't it? So that's, that's specifically yeah. like an old thing. But there's something new in the, the the new toys that we've been talking about earlier, like the Cyberverse RCs and things like that. We're just Pretty thinking long, that that's yeah. a that's a change in the the chemical makeup of some sort, the, the change in the plastic they've yeah. made. It's not just heat though, is it? Isn't it UV that uh, yeah. can trigger that as well? In, in terms of the older toys Sun- with ABS plastic, yeah, it's the sunlight as well, isn't it? If you mm. leave it out in sunlight, that's that's the classic, isn't it? That's the most famous example that definitely is a thing i mean i've got uh we've been recently going through some old lego of mine uh from when i was a kid sorting a few bits out and whatever and uh that you know you can see that there are bits that have clearly just been left in the sun and you know the bricks are just on the one side or whatever and that's that's just what it is you know what i mean left in the garden or whatever uh so that's, that's definitely a thing and we've all i'm sure had experience of toys that we know just got left out one afternoon and they're just like completely gone on the one side but still mint on the other uh so you can see where it's sun damage i think the the temperature thing and uh that's moisture a little well. bit hey moisture as well and moisture yeah the temperature thing and the moisture that's a bit more uniform i would say typically yeah. isn't it like the whole body goes and not just the the one side or whatever so and it's such a shame because transformers look so good in sunlight yeah they do <laughs> But certain toys you do not want near them. Are there any uh, like particular examples of toys that you think are more susceptible to maybe sunlight or maybe more susceptible to moisture or any examples like that? Jetfire is susceptible to everything. Yes. Yeah. And I think you could store Jetfire in a polar ice cap and by the time you got him, he'd be yellow. Well, he'd have the moisture in there, wouldn't he? That thing. <laughs> yeah. So there's no Bruce perfect... is made of water. <laughs> <laughs> no perfect location for old Jetfire, I'm afraid, so... Yeah, he's 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 the poster boy for it, isn't it? Everybody thinks that. Did you, did you notice actually? Uh, Skyfire in the G one cartoon was actually yellowed. Guess you didn't notice. What in the in, in the polar ice caps? You mean? Yeah, because that, you know, I thought that's yeah, what, right. he, what, what he was referring to when he said that. I thought he was right. way ahead no. of us there. No, I, didn't <laughs> I didn't think he was. I thought he was just making a reference about the temperature. Yeah. But yeah, you're, you're working on another level there, man. Yeah, that's like, that and the sound you hear in the background is that joke landing like a lead balloon. <laughs> that's just It's not my uh, washing machine this week. Airport, a, a whole other level of meta there, man, I have to say. So. Uh, but what about like I mean, the, uh, do you think there are toys that are particularly more susceptible to like moisture damage than sun damage, for example? Or do you think it's, it's so hard to say because it, yeah. you look at yellow toys. First of all, you've got to wonder, you know, did it happen in my collection or did it yeah. happen in the previous owner's collection? Because the damage may have been caused while it was in the possession of somebody else, and then you buy it, and the degradation takes so long that it, it happens in your collection. So yeah. you don't know whether it was it heat, was it moisture. That's always my my fear. Actually, is that you could buy potentially like what you see as a, a an entirely mint AF specimen, and you you get it home, and it's good for a couple of months, whatever, and then it starts to yellow, and you're sitting there thinking, well, what did I do? Do you know what I mean? But actually, the damage was prior to you even getting your hands on it. Yeah. Other toys that are notoriously susceptible are things like Minerva. 
Yeah. They just seem to, and Ghost Shooter, they just always seem to be discolored. Nose cone. His nose cone is often, you know. The techno parts, what's his light speed? His little white uh, canopy. You mentioned Slug Slinger earlier. That's yeah. a fantastic example of a toy that is so difficult to find without discoloration. Trigger happy. Yeah. What about what about stuff like hunger and things like that? Does that I've never noticed many discolored hungers. Is that oh, the Seacons as well? The Seacons. Seacons, yeah, yeah, really yeah. yeah. Ultra Magnus is another one. Reissue Ultra Magnus. Virtually all the Macross Valkyries are yeah. susceptible. Things like JRX, you know, and Rail Racer. Yeah, it's quite common to find discolored versions of those. God Magnus was one that recently, you know, how many times did I ask? Yeah, discolored. Jazz. Yeah, jazz. Nowadays, it's super hard to find an unknown. Again, jazz. Studio Series Jazz as well. That's another one famously Jeez. discoloring Jeez. straight away. It's uh, vintage uh, authentic. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like they remember it. Didn't yeah. you have a lot of trouble with uh, the Micron Legend Prime? Yeah, oh, that's God. Oh, oh man, you guys know all about that. Yeah, yeah. I bought. I, I yeah, I got one. <sighs> what a fast that was honestly i i got one and uh yeah it was very noticeably in certain spots yeah. and to be fair you know i had looked at the pictures on the listing I'd, I'd seen the pictures you know and it wasn't immediately obvious from those photos and it was only because i'd had a lengthy conversation with the seller in this case and i had specifically said i want to make sure there's no yellowing this is a big deal for me and he was very like there is no yellowing i I guarantee you, do you know what I mean? So then when it turned up and actually in hand, it was so obviously yellowed. Like the there were bits on like the legs, on the shoulder, like there was blue that was dark blue where it's supposed to be light blue, but there was also white that was just off white. Do you know what I mean? And it was so, it was, it, some bits of it were really heinous. The face had kind of gone like a weird greeny color, things like that. But it well, was that's, also- that's where your problem is. You said there's anything yellowed, but it had greened. Right, yeah. exactly. And you hadn't asked the right question. And this is quite apart from the fact that the box had been axe murdered. Well, he swears that happened en route. I think at one point he was trying to blame me for that, which I, it, it all got a bit... Um, I don't know what it got, honestly. It was a, it was a mad situation, honestly. You know, it, it got to the point where I had to send him pictures of literally me having opened the thing. And you saying, sent in you know, me? <laughs> yeah, I did because you, yeah, because you kind of knew you dealt with the guy before. I think, yeah, I'd known you? him from like a past life in collecting. I was like, wait, is yeah. it that guy? And I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. he's not supposed to be like that, you know. Just because it was a case of both of you believing the other person were legit and trustworthy before yeah. you could sort of. It didn't really help though, did it? Six was like a no. lot of friends in ice places. <laughs> he, he, he got quite uh, quite personal about it at times, and like really started to accuse me of like like wasting his time or whatever it was and uh, being out of pocket. And I was like, yeah, but you sold me a yellow toy, mate, <laughs> and you said it wasn't. So it's, you know, in my mind, it's fairly clear cut. Do you know what I mean? That there's I was glad one you of us at with that. I was very yeah, glad. yeah, yeah. Well, I was, I, was, I was determined by that point. And the fact that he was so difficult with me just made me all the more determined to see it through because uh, it just wasn't on, frankly. You know, he, he missold the product. He, he may have been mistaken, and I think the mistake was that he didn't take it out to recheck it. He just yeah. assumed it was good and said, yes, I guarantee it's, it's good. Um, and, you know, so, it, yeah, it wasn't a good one. But, yeah, that was definitely an example. And the thing is, you were buying from someone who was a collector and not just a collector of anything. This guy used to collect prototype G1 and rarities. You know, he knew about condition he knows all of these pitfalls right when you buy online it's a lot harder to get a 
non-invested person who isn't a collector and say, look, is that yellowed? I know, you know, can you just put it next to something else? You know, can we be absolutely sure? It's a bit harder to have that conversation. But from a collector, you would expect better. I must admit, when you told me his background, I was really surprised because it was almost like it felt... I felt like a bit like I was just being fobbed off almost. Do you know what I mean? And it, it, the whole the whole thing was a bit of a sorry debacle, yeah. to be honest. But it has a happy ending because I found my my perfect micro and legend convoy yeah. in the end. But, and that's immoral um, in itself as well. But we've all bought from established Transformers dealers and had yellowed product that wasn't advertised as yellowed. Yeah. Yeah. All of us have had that experience. So it's you can't even say that there's one source that is holy no, in that respect. I, I do find it is one of those aspects that some people try and not pull pull the wool over your eyes with, but they try and gloss over it a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Or treat it as maybe less serious than it is. And 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 I think possibly that's because some in some cases anyway, some collectors wouldn't care as much as maybe we do. I don't know. It's the scarlet letter, isn't it? It's like you say a toy is discolored. That is it. It's like that toy is the social pariah out of all toys. It's the one thing people don't want to hear and then won't yeah. purchase as a result toy shows discoloration because it's a slippery slope it's a downward slope and you think oh well that's only going to get worse on the toy isn't it so i'm buying something that is in the state of deterioration that's always my thought always my thought is like if it's slightly yellow today what's it going to look like in three years time or whatever do you know what i mean and like what it's it's all got to get to me let alone then you know be kept by me there's a lot of potential wrong that can happen there so and and you know to be fair there's no guarantee with bone white stuff as we've established mm-hmm. but at least you're starting from a good base right <laughs> like you're in, you're kind of coming into it right and, you get some uh, time with it yeah exactly so and then if it goes wrong it goes wrong i mean it's always a gamble that's the thing so uh it's an insidious thing isn't it because it does that's another reason i hate it is it creates a trust issue yeah. like when you're buying something from someone you're very aware if it's susceptible to yellowing there's often still a doubt like you're saying about trusted sellers like i look at ebay and i'm like oh even if i know the seller personally or anything like that i still have that element of mistrust where i'm like for oh, sure I'm not sure i don't think it's always disingenuous i think yeah. some sometimes people have different standards for this stuff yeah. frankly yes, i think yeah, 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 it's, yeah. it's purely that some people do not see it as as big an issue or they don't see it as you know, the, the sort of how bad it might be, they don't view it as being that bad on specific examples. Yeah, and, and it's always, for a toy of this age, it's great. Yes. Yeah. Oh, but I've had that. Where, that. I, 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 that's a common one. You know, sometimes you ask and you say, look, I just want to be sure, does this have any yellowing? Does it have any, you know, scuff marks or what have you? I've had sellers just occasionally come back to you and they're like, look, I need you to understand this is a 30-something-year-old toy. It's not going to be perfect. You're expecting too much. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm just asking questions. Do you know what I mean? Like the six oh says, step into my collection. Right. Yeah. And I will show you mint. My, my butler will show you round. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing. I think actually in this Micron Legend example, the dude was like trying to say to me that I didn't know what I was talking about. Do you know what I mean? And there was some of that going on. And I was like, no, but I do. That's the thing. Like, you know, you're the one who is purposely misrepresenting something. Mm-hmm. It, it was all very strange, but... Uh, yeah, I think that there is definitely a little bit of it's it's an awkward conversation yellowing with sellers for sure. Liam, you said it creates a trust issue. Do you now have a sort of a trust issue with buying new Hasbro products if they're using white plastic? Yeah, I do. That's I don't don't know if you remember, but I said quite soon after that happened, I was starting to sell off bits of generation mm. stuff that I'd planned to keep, and it just it just created that sour element because all of a sudden I'm thinking, ah, oh, well, this is going to happen in the future. 
because it's happening it's becoming quite common it's not something i want to deal with it it takes away it's not that it's like this enormous issue but it's enough of a small thing to put a dampener on something i really love and enjoy you were talking about haslab victory saber i mean yeah that might be grandstanding a little bit and making a mountain out of a molehill but can you imagine if this problem exists with victory saber that's the one that's the potential if that if it happens to that because it's not like it is just in store products is it like we saw the um we said meant the sg starscream which is an has uh what has repulse exclusive or whatever it's still quite expensive and imagine that on star saber if that happens can you imagine like the furor it's the wrong type of people isn't it really so the crowd buying that that, at that point they'd have to be looking at doing some sort of recall or something i don't know i mean i'm not saying they would but That would not be good news, man, honestly, particularly because of the crowdfunded nature of it. And, and as you said, the crowd that are going into that as well, yeah. uh, like typically, you know, collectors and things that would um, that would be that would be a bad situation. It soured me on it, though, because now I think about it, even if it's only like a very small element of doubt, it's something that wasn't there before. And it's a slight negative over something I was excited for. And it's the same with a lot of this now. I keep, I've keep i not pre-ordered anything for ages because I'm like looking at it going, oh, but what if it's going to yellow? I don't... I didn't realise that that was the catalyst for it. I yeah. knew that you were you were starting to kind of wane a little bit on some generation stuff. I didn't realise that specifically was it. Yeah, that was the trigger that made me start re-evaluating it and looking at... It wasn't, you know, it became more stuff once I started thinking about it as a more wider thing and where my interests were. But that was, that was genuinely the first thing that was like, oh... You start selling back. off your white trainers. Yeah. <laughs> now I start buying that Mr. Clean thing. <laughs> it's popping up. <laughs> uh, just one other thing I wanted to mention, which I think is interesting, is packaging. Because, uh, uh, you know, I have seen numerous examples from like the Generation 2 era, for example, that have yellowed through the packaging. So I think I told you that I got an initial G2 Ramjet that was yellowed, but it had never been taken out of the box. Do you know what I mean? So mm. it's a sealed thing. And as soon as I opened it, I could see that the bubble was a little bit gone, you know, and it had kind of, you know, a lot of the the bubbles from that era do yellow as well. Some of the bubbles and things on the packaging, the kind of blisters. Uh, but my experience at that point had, had typically been that where the blister has, bu- has has gone, you know, slightly discolored, that actually the toy inside is very often fine. But the this ramjet, no, it was a complete. It was almost like it had cooked inside. It was like completely wow. the opposite, and it had gone this ridiculously like dark green almost. It was it was really something to see, and that's a dark purple toy. I mean, well, very sort of darkish purple. So that's I mean, talking about what we were saying earlier about you know, it's not just white toys it's very you know it can happen with a lot of different colors i think it can even happen with um you know some reds and things like that so manta from mask is one that's like purplish and that's a real susceptible one too yeah yeah yeah, for sure do you know what's really sad about gt ramjet is the new one does exactly the same thing as that's already happening yeah yeah can't be serious yeah yeah so we've seen uh, our good friend john strong napalm both for manfish his one he showed the arms they've sort of discoloring that's green. terrible. Oh yeah. yeah, the green bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had seen that. I had seen that. Not on the purple, but on the, yeah. yeah. And that that's a brand new toy. Like again, that's sad, man. And that's, that's collector aimed. Yeah. yeah, that's not even people getting on your case. Look, it's a children's toy. Can you please focus on more yeah. serious world issues today? That's just literally oh, not man. doing its job. Yeah. 
There was that guy, wasn't it, that was like, this is the definition of first world problems. Yeah. And we're not giving him any more airtime. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I just, uh, I thought it was so silly just because it was like, well, no, people have paid money. They just yeah. want to get yeah. what they've paid for. Like, literally just that. But anyway, forget it. But uh, yeah, the, the just going back to the packaging thing. So the, for me, it was just an interesting kind of eye-opener. And actually, I became more aware of the fact that some bubbles are genuinely fine. Like you can get a yellowed bubble uh, so, for example, my battle chargers, my oh, yeah. run run amok, famous the, for it. Yeah, well, the bubble had yellowed. Toy fine, absolutely mint inside, uh, and I was, you know, not going to lie, I was like slightly nervous. But so I think it just must be specific eras, and clearly they've made some changes to the packaging over the years as well. And it seems that the G two era is not is not good for it. You know, if you've got a yellowed yellow bubble, you're going to have a yellowed toy. Same with like Diaclone power dashes. On, on cards, they typically always come with uh, yellowed bubbles. Toys inside are okay, but it's um, yeah, it's the bubble. Uh, G1 Snapdragon is another one. Yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. It's weird that they had it fine through Diaclone and a lot of the G2 era, and then going uh, sorry G1, and then going into G2 is where it becomes a problem. Oh yeah, where the toy is actually affected as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, of yeah, course, you get examples of that in in G1 as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you do. Uh, uh, you know, it's just it's bizarre that it could be either way. I've I've had some good gambles in that regard. You know, where I've had yellowed bubbles and it's paid off. I would yeah. say. Yeah. Do you not think that, like you say there, um, it could be either way though? That is so much a part of why this is so bothersome for us all because it's almost yeah. it's it's not even just look of the draw. It's something you have zero control over at all. It's like you just yeah, it could happen. It couldn't, but there's nothing you can do about it. I, I think no that's control. exactly it. I think that is exactly yeah, Just enjoy it. them while you have them for what they are. Yeah. Yeah. We're not entitled to perfect collections. We, you know, this is a choice we've made to, you know, enjoy yeah. this hobby in this way and buy the toys that we do. Uh, I just wish I could live by that a bit more than just say it on a podcast <laughs> because it affects my buying all the time. Yeah. You know, I, I, t- I think like, well, if I buy that and I photograph that, how, you know, it's not going to be a perfect picture. And then what are people going to say? And I just have to stop caring about that, honestly. A feeling is different to understanding something and knowing something, isn't it? Like the way something makes you feel. And it's the same here. Like I can completely understand that toys don't last forever. And my countdown rocket might yellow or has yellow. But at the same time, it doesn't stop me feeling sad about it and like Mm -hmm. bothered about buying another one or something else. Yeah, I get it. So what can people do about yellow toys? Is there anything that they can do to reverse the process? Yes. <laughs> come to the right place. Right. So, I it. mean, the, the disclaimer on this is that it is temporary. I mean, this is yeah. the thing people need to realize is it's not a permanent fix. Your stuff might last for a long time. Like I've got stuff I've done once years ago and it's still fine now. But then other stuff I had discolor within a couple of months. It's just, again, look of the draw. But one of the things you'll see often is people saying you use hydrogen peroxide, the liquid, and they bath it in that. I don't do that. I think this is a terrible way to do it because it can affect stickers and stuff like that. The best way to do it, I've found, is to buy the hydrogen peroxide gel. It's hair developing. You can buy it on Amazon for like four or five quid. Big bottle of it. It's 40, 40 vol- volume and I think it's like 12% or something like that. But you buy that and then you can apply it on the specific points you want to apply it. And I think that's far better. And it doesn't affect the stickers or anything like that. Liquid doesn't get anywhere. You just literally just paste it on. And then I always wrap it up, the bits that aren't being covered, so they don't yellow in the sun. And then you just put it in like a Ziploc bag and leave it in the sun for a few hours. It's mad to to reverse 
sun damage, you put it in the sun. Yeah. Yeah, it's so counterintuitive. Or under a UV light, that's a if you yeah. you know, in the winter or whatever, or in, indoors. But it's so it's really easy and it's dead simple. But again, it's just your mileage will vary with it, because I've done it with yeah. uh who was it? I think it was one of the nose cones I had, his nose cone had gone yellow and it, it whitened it, but then I did it for like several days over and over and it wouldn't go back to its actual colour. It was better, which was good, but never quite went back. So and like I say, other stuff has then gone back to yellow. So you never got the uh, yeah. the perfect nose cone nose cone. <laughs> C- can you repeat it? For example, if uh, a yeah, Skylinks yeah. goes yellow and you completely redo the shuttle and it goes white, but then it discolors again a few months later, do you repeat the procedure and it has the same effect? Yeah, yeah, I've done it in the past, like with some of that yellowed very quickly again. I've done it, and again it goes fine. But and that when I did it last time, it lasted a bit longer. So again, it's completely up in the air but you can do it as many times as you want but like you said before when it yellows it tends to be degrading anyway so mm-hmm. you start to i start to worry about how far you can go with it but i've never had any problems yeah i think i think the thing with this fix wasn't there was it was a time where it was felt that it was the the it was like the magic cure you know it was yeah. like it, it solved it there we go yellowing is no longer a problem because we've got this peroxide trick and mm-hmm. you know here we go stick it in a bag in your back garden in the sun jobs are good and mm-hmm. done forevermore and uh, I think there are there are still YouTube videos attesting to this out there now. But yeah, then it's sort of become apparent over time that it isn't that actually. That it is a good uh, temporary fix, but it kind of, if anything, it just turns the the clock back a little bit, doesn't it? But it doesn't completely reset it. It's, it's really good though for, for for a short term. But again, yeah. it creates another issue for me. I, I don't know about you guys, but I now a lot of times I'm looking at eBay auctions. And I see a toy without mm. stickers and it looks minty white. I'm like, or minty color. I'm like, oh, has that been through a discoloration process? No, this, fair point. This lingers in my mind. Now, this created that other problem. But for me doing it, it's such an easy thing that I see people asking and they're like worried about doing it, but it's dead easy. And I recommend using the paste because you can just apply it to the bits you need to. It's dead easy to wipe off. You're not submerging anything. Yeah, I must admit the submerging thing was always the bit that totally turned me off about that. Uh, I mean, actually, one of the videos I always remember is someone submerging literally a a Millennium Falcon toy in in like a fish tank, you know, with UV lights on the sides. And uh, that was just insane. And then, you know, but they'd sort of taken it bit by bit and then they had repro stickers for it afterwards and all of that kind of stuff but yeah you you can do it can't you on mm. toys even if you don't want to damage the stickers or whatever that was, it's just a bit that's an incredible video i remember watching it and then at the end thinking huh shame it's just gonna yellow again after all that yeah <laughs> right that's the bit that they don't show you i guess yeah. isn't it so but it is it, like i say it's such an easy process that and all you need is literally something that costs you four pound from amazon and a brush and some ziploc bags what if you live in a place where for six months there's no sun <laughs> you can buy a uv light yeah i'll be there yeah, <laughs> that's what people do. They have like setups. I've seen people have setups in their spare room where they just do this all the time, which again is what makes me wary about stuff on eBay. Mm. That that you're right though about the eBay thing because that is um, I've thought that before, and we sort of hinted at it earlier, didn't we? Is that yeah. you've got you've got no real way of knowing then that the toy that you're getting isn't one that someone's previously done this fix on. Mm. This is the thing. It's just the minefield of collecting. I mean, I know. There are really good chrome pens out there and people have restored chrome to, to G1 toys, especially something like Slugslinger's chrome nubs on his chest. I mean, you wonder, like, has that been restored? Is that perfect uh, out of the box? You know, is the rest of the toy in a condition that you would believe that that's not worn? So it's um, 
it's part of the minefield. Mm, for sure. At least there is a, a temporary fix out there. A re- yeah. Maybe it's not a fix, more of a kind of reprieve, isn't it? Yeah. Like um, my countdown rocket, it just has this one, it's completely mint white, has this one tiny yellow patch. And I've done it a couple of times and it's gone, but then it comes back. It's one that comes back the fastest and it's really depressing. But um, but like I say, I have had other t- toys where I've did, I did it. I think I started doing it like five, six years ago. And there's one or two that are still completely fine. So which ones are still fine? Uh, for me, it's Lightspeed 2. So I've got, uh, I love the Technobots. So I've got quite a few of them. And one that yellows quite frequently, just in general, is Lightspeed, you know, the little car. Yeah. And it's, is white windscreen and um i've i've just checked mine and one of them is the one that i am um, that's still fine and i did that many many years ago oh, that's so interesting i wonder yeah. what it is about that specific toy then that it's retained its color its proper color and yeah. other things could don't. just be that specific specimen yeah. yeah i think i think a lot of it is just look of the drawer like you say it's just there's no real hard fast rules uh, and maybe as we sort of said that's why this for me remains this greatest boogeyman of collecting in many ways way worse than than gps and and that's why i find it so weird like in a, in a funny way i think for newer collectors coming into this as well it's my opinion but i definitely see yellowing as a bigger scourge on the whole thing than gps because gps is so of its time for the most part and again if you know which toys have gps you can just avoid them whereas actually yellowing as we've seen can still affect even new toys today so it's like it's completely random and it can occur even just through leaving stuff on a shelf. Like you don't even have to handle this stuff to fumble it and break it. It can just literally take place at any point. I mean, I might have feasibly stuff on my shelves now that is yellowed and I don't even know about it. So uh, it's just a highly depressing thought, really. Maybe they'll become desensitized to it then because any sort of vintage product they want to buy is probably discolored especially if it's more affordable. So that's just an acceptance that they will get on board with much earlier on in their collecting lives than we've had to. We've collected at a time when there were many, many good specimens to pick from. You just had to pay the price to have it. But if they come into collecting at a time when everything is yellow, they'll just accept it from day one and be able to enjoy more toy specimens than we currently can. And if the product you're buying off the shelf is yellowed, it's even more acceptance, (laughs) isn't it? So maybe they have it better. The unlucky draw. Yeah, I don't know if like everything being rubbish makes things better, but uh, <laughs> it's it's a, it's a I like the philosophy. There's yeah, something lowered expectations. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like your life is so Sinks bad that actually you're just used to it. Yeah, well, you could be sat there with your pristine, super expensive galaxy shuttle that's got a slight yellow patch on one of its shoulder bits and be a little bit miffed about that, whereas Matey Boy next to you has spent a lot less and got old galaxy shuttle caramac edition and it's like <laughs> he loves it you know he's like it's the best thing in his collection it makes him happy every day of the week and you know i'd rather be him uh, it's a fair point it's a fair point why don't you actually collect like that then i wish i could i honestly <laughs> really wish i could the kind of things that stop me making purchases and i nitpick to the point where like Ah, oh, that one sticker has a folded corner and it's a factory sticker and I can't replace it without going repro. To think that would stop me buying something for my collection is absolutely ridiculous, but that's where I am. And uh, I would much rather be far more laid back about this stuff than I am. But isn't that the point? We've all got our different boundaries, our different mm. interests, our different, you know, kind of 
things that grab us about collecting and and parameters, what all of that kind of stuff. It's is what makes all of our collections unique, isn't it? So I'm sure that there are people out there that don't give a monkey's about yellowing whatsoever. Yeah. And I and I see that. You know, I see people picking up uh, old G1 toys and uh, and they're they're super pleased with them, and they're yellow. Te- they're yellow as anything. And for me, I'm like, I can't imagine that, but. It's great that there are people that don't give a stuff about that, and it's great yeah. that there are people that are just happy to have that thing in their, you know, on their shelf or f- to play with or whatever. Yeah, I think as well for me, like so much of this hobby is like trying to capture that feeling I felt as a kid, you know, with these toys. Yeah, and seeing a yellow toy reminds me that it's old, and mm. that yeah. so it changes that feeling fundamentally. What I like about what makes me happy with Transformers. Maybe yellow toys are our own awareness of our own passing mortality, you know, at the heart of it all. And that's what frightens us. Or just a reminder of how much money we're wasting. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Yeah, the Simpson editions. (laughs) Right. There are occasions where yellowing can be good, though. For example, Action Master Shockwave. Oh yeah, because it made it into um, a galactic it made it into man. A, yeah, yeah, radio yeah. shack, into shack, shack wave, wave didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's not bad. We'd never have brown metroplex. Actually, there was a yellowed. They were talking about the action masters. There was a I, who was it that had an, a yellowed action master sound wave, and it looked like sound blaster. There you go. It was hilarious. Natural I was, variants. I was like, is that a custom? They were like, no, it's just yellowed. Color <laughs> changing over the longest time. Yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. So There's yeah, a character does, arc for you. Change the look, and, and you can get a green G two Ramjet. There you go. Absolutely. So I think uh, yellowing is amazing when it's gone so far that it becomes oranging. Uh, I think that's yeah. that leads to some delightful looking things. Don't forget, cigarette smoke can be another cause yeah, of discoloration on toys. Well, then we had that. There was that sparkless toy recently, wasn't there? And actually, it was funny that that looked exactly like some like yellowed prowls and things like that. Yellow G one prowls on eBay. It was just like uh, had the same look to it, like forty year old toy that's yellow as anything versus the new thing that's been designed to look like that. <laughs> so it's just kind of amusing. But uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, anyway, I'm sure that's going to about do it on the topic of uh, of yellowing. So unless there's anything else to add, yeah, yeah, I've I've got to ask you both a question. Oh, go on. So, we're talking about toys that are yellow. So, I've got to ask this question. What colour do you think Piss Magnus is going to turn? <laughs> well, it's it's going to turn into dehydrated Piss Magnus, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, I haven't had any water <laughs> for 12 Capita hours. Magnus. Magnus. <laughs> yeah. it, it's going to turn from first day of a three-day festival to <laughs> hungover fourth day after a three-day festival. That's what it's going to turn to. Sugar puff smelling. <laughs> right, exactly. I dread to think. So, well, yeah, that's uh, that's been the topic of yellowing. I mean, we can come back and revisit this at some point in the future, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, if you are interested to hear us talk more about, specifically about the fix or whatever, you know, there's, uh, there's always potential for a couple of minisodes along the way, I'm sure. Uh, just to remind you of our exclusive content on there. Uh, and uh, who knows, maybe we'll talk about GPS at some point just to kind of cover off all our bases. So that'll be fun. <laughs> Anyway, speaking of Patreon, uh, Maz, I believe we've got a bit of a question for today, don't we? Yes, of course. One of the perks of being a patron is that you can ask a question and we bank these questions and then we answer them on the show. And today's question is on the subject of damaged toys, which is kind of perfect for this. It's from Amar. And the question is, 
Have you ever had a friend or family member handle a toy and it break? How did oh. you handle the situation? And he gives an example of his cousin taking his G1 Abominus off the shelf and gave it to her kid to play with and Ripper Snapper broke off and the head is still stuck in hunger. Uh, the conversation of it's just a toy versus collector's item came up. So, yeah. Has anyone ever broken one of your toys? Yeah, funnily enough, I remember it was a couple of years ago now, um, I had a couple of friends come over and uh, check out the old collection, you know, as you do. And uh, looking at some Beast Wars items, actually, and uh, I had a, a, an old vintage Transmetal Megatron. Liam, what about you? <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, so that was terrible. You do it to yourself. <laughs> it was you that broke it. You we told you not to do it. No, you no, you said don't transform it. But you're like, yeah, now I'm six, so I can track. You know. Yeah, I know. I think you willed it. That's the thing. It was either, I've not decided yet if it was your mental powers or just the, the shattering sound of your voice. It was one or the other, like a black bolt thing. Do you know what I mean? Just like little sonic wave. Something happened. Stayed in it like discoloration. Just, just yeah. as a voice lingering exactly. the toy. Put it this way, Liam. I transformed this toy hundreds of times. Never a problem. <laughs> Suddenly, Maz is in the room. The thing literally snaps off at the waist. I couldn't the, believe it. The right curse in front of, of him. Maz. It was unbelievable. It. <laughs> Just him being in the room was enough to shatter this toy. So yes, I know. I know this pain all too well. But you said you said friends, though, didn't you? Or family members? So maybe it doesn't. <laughs> I'm joking. Oh, I'm joking. Gone south, isn't it? <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm just taking a cheap shot. Don't worry. Like, you couldn't oh, see in yeah. Matt's eyes, dear listeners. It was <laughs> well, he broke it himself, and now we're not friends. I'm joking. You are a very dear friend, and Good yes, heavens. I broke it. I broke it. I was far too. You got it on record there. There you go. But I was just far too keen to show it to you. Uh, actually, the only one I can really think of is my wife, before we were married, actually broke, I think I mentioned this on a previous episode, broke my Masterpiece Skywarp, the MP6 version. Yes, you did mention. She she dropped it and snapped for a little, just the tip of the fin. And uh, she was gutted. She was like, and that's the last time I'm handling any of your, any of your toys. And I was like, no, it's, it's fine. It's not a big deal. So, yeah, it has happened. But hey, say la vie. I've been very lucky. I think I'm in karma credit, you know, from my brother destroying so many of my toys as a kid. So I've been lucky. Most people have been fine. And because I always have a box of stunt toys for little kids when they come around. Stunt toys? Off. Yeah. I always have like a little box of like, there's an there old dino cassettes in there. <laughs> no. It's all like, um, you know, energy on Starscream and stuff like that. Like stuff I found at Car Boots for like a 20p. And so they come around and like, oh, can I transform this masterpiece? I'm like, I think you've you just can. found a use for yellow toys. There we go. That's what it is. It's like, but what about this instead? This terrible broken thing. Yeah. Always pays like, to have ah. a few junkers on hand, doesn't it? That's Just what for, I mean. Yeah, yeah. So, for sure. yeah. But no, I've been very lucky. But like I say, I think my brother destroying so many put me in great karma credit for a lot of years. What about you, Mez? Um, trying to remember an actual breakage. Uh, I remember my wife knocked a reissue Macross of Valkyrie with all its armor off my desk at home when she was using the computer. I think that one, the most amazing thing for me was that when she told me that she'd knocked it off and I came home and I said, but didn't you say all the pieces came off? She goes, yeah. I said, yeah, but all the armor's attached. She goes, yeah, I'll just put it back on. I think I was actually more impressed than yeah. anything else. But it didn't also make me think that how many times have you knocked it off that now you know where the armor goes? Uh, other than that, a friend of mine once came round and I handed him a Diaclone Red Tracks and I said to him, this is like my rarest thing. And the first thing he did was drop it on the corner of a wooden box. Just, and I just thought, oh my God. And of course it fired the missile off behind the bed and everything. It was not a happy day. 
Oh, there is one example of someone actually broke something, but bless him, he's he's a wonderful bloke. And it was uh, Steve, Steve all. Oh, yeah. Came around, he was trying to show me that the inside foot of the Masterpiece Sound Blaster opens, you know, like the inside instep mm. on the foot. And uh, the thing, he was kind of stuck and he said, no, no, I can open it. And then he broke it because I insisted that he open it because he knew how. But, uh, you know, you can't stay mad at Steve ever. No, you can't. He's too lovely. So, yeah. Well, to be fair, I think we can probably all say that we've broken more of our own toys than any family oh, yeah. members or anything mm-hmm. else. So that's, uh, you know, <laughs> probably best. Less said about that, the better. So Okay, so that was our Patreon question. Thank you, Amar, for that. And also remember that we have multiple tiers for Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash triple takeover. We have the one pound tier apologetic ramp where you can just sort of show your thanks and your appreciation and and give us support that way. And then there are the perks like being able to ask questions for the other tiers, uh, being able to vote on future episode topics. And the top tier for us is the six O's Butler, where not only do you get a shout out on the episode, which I'm about to do, but you also get to choose mini-sode topics, which are exclusive to butlers. And these can range from 20 minutes to sometimes an hour. And it's uh, we've done 18 of them now, and they're all on the Patreon. So, you know, by all means, sign up. We've got more sign-ups all the time, so we must be doing something right. And that extra content is just there waiting for you to access. So a big shout-out now to our 6 O's butlers. Thank you to Nick, Dean Watts, Danny Roberts, Chris C137, Andy, Preston, Brian Fox, Chris, Billy Ho, Spider-Father, Adam Shoemaker, Zachary Blader, Matt, Stephen Perkins, Bad Saturday, Justin Masaru, Dave Dalrymple, Absurd, Geo Kaiser, Yusufa, John Pearl, Cliff Cyrus, yes, I hear these names in my sleep, Troisef, Anthony Cars, Alec Mir, Captain R.A., Phil G., Jonathan False Logic Howard, Jack Pelletier, Alicia, a.k.a. Alicia Tron, that's me scrolling, that's what that noise was, Sam Hyland, Stuart Webb, Amar, Laserbeak, Puma the Hunter, Mike S, Vegemite Mike, Peter Hammerson, Andrew Bentley, Shenry, Chris Norris, Jesse Moreno, Jackson Arwood, Yip, MKTronic, Michael Loyacono, and Nexus. What a list. What wow. a list. <laughs> you know, the greatest day in this podcast is going to be if we ever get a Patreon called Pat Rion. I'm just going to die. I think that would be like the greatest day. Rion. Yeah, yeah, we, we heard it. Yeah, yeah, we got it. We got it. <laughs> just say it one more time. You know, yeah, yeah. Pat Rion. Wow. Okay, I just got it actually that last there time. Because be a postman. if you put those two words together, it's Patreon, which is what I was just talking about. <laughs> what? I did not know that. I was just thinking of, you know, maybe I knew someone called Pat Rion. Well, if you ever do meet Pat, you should tell him about our Patreon. Yeah, get him to sign up. This is like that Arctic ice conversation all over again, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I'm still waiting for the punchline to that to land somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this It'll landed be... in the Arctic. That's why you can't hear it. <laughs> He'll be explaining it after the credits roll. <laughs> anyway, a big thank you to our two sponsors for today. Uh, so that's tfsource.com. Check them out for your Transformers and third-party needs and gearforgeeks.co.uk. They've got loads of stuff, Transformers, and many more toy lines besides, including some pre-owned stuff. So th- big thank you to them. Do give them a, a look. Okay, and if you like cool stuff, we've got you covered. You know, you could wear a T-shirt with Triple Takeover on it. So literally if wanna, covered. <laughs> if you want to look cool and get a backpack, if you're going to school or something, you can get socks with Triple Takeover. Do you like tea? A lot of people like tea. You can get coasters. Well, you're just supposed to pour tea over the coasters. Well, yeah, you know, it gives them a nice rustic feel, doesn't it? You know, used. 
Rustic is just another word for messy, isn't it? That's what this episode is. It's Rustic Transformers. That's what yellowing should be rebranded as. But uh, they don't yellow, so you'll be fine. (laughs) But uh, you can check that out at rebelwood.com forward slash people forward slash triple takeover forward slash explore. And if you want to interact with us, if you've got any comments on this episode, any questions, or you just want to follow our content, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at triple underscore takeover and on Facebook at triple takeover or one word. Lads, where can they find you guys? I am at TF Square One on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I am at 6OTF on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And I'm at Toybox Oakbox everywhere there's an app. Well, that's going to do it for our conversation on yellowing today, I think. And just like the toys in question, we're a little bit washed out, so it's time for us to fade away lest we tarnish our spotless reputation. We'll be back for more toy-related banter next time, so as ever, keep it sleazy. You do it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs>